Welcome to the Lifting Lindsay podcast. I'm really excited for today's episode. We're going to be talking about two main questions, and we're really going to be breaking them down, dissecting them, getting into some interesting topics with both of them that I really hope help enlighten you on your fitness or health journey. The two questions are, one, can I see progress giving my nutrition plan 80%? The second question is, I only have 30 minutes to exercise a day. Is that enough? So I think the most important thing about these questions is we need to realize that every single person is an individual and they bring a different mind to this game. They bring a different body and then their goals are so unbelievably different. So they ask me these questions and I think they just assume that I know what their goals are. And a lot of times these questions come on Instagram and I don't even know what their body's like. And they're just assuming that I know what their body's even or their mind. So there's, it may seem, they may seem like simple questions, but they're actually not. They're a little bit more complex. So I know everybody wants me to say that the answer is, yeah, just give 80%. You can hit your goals. Or yeah, just 30 minutes a day, of course you can hit your goals. But the answer is yes, no, maybe, and it depends. And I know that's like the worst answer in the world. That's an annoying answer, right? It is such an annoying answer. So we're going to break this down though, so that whoever you are, whatever your mind is, whatever your body's, whatever your goal is like, we're going to really dissect this and help give you a better idea of what your goals require of you. It's really hard on social media when people ask me these questions, especially when I do Q&As. And I always want to be like, it just just depends. And then I always want to follow up and ask him a bunch of questions. And my husband's, you don't have time to be like deep diving into all of these people's concerns because you have clients and family and business and And it's, I know, but my heart just hurts because I want to give good answers. And he's, you have to be good on social media with just saying like the blanket statement answers. And I'm like, I know, but like a piece of my soul dies when I answer that way. Because there are so many, it depends. And he's, I know. Anyways, so he's so funny. He's always trying to reel me in. Lindsay, you can't, you can't solve everybody's problems. And I know I can't. But I want to help give you guys a better understanding of different mind and bodies and different goals. And then how do we match the nutrition and the training to that? Because otherwise, you will be so frustrated. So I remember listening to this self-improvement book. I loved this guy. And he was talking about, he said, all of life's frustrations come from one thing. And that's unmet expectations. And it just really dawned on me that as a coach, part of my job is I'm actually helping clients manage their expectations. Because if I can do that, I can keep them from being frustrated. And if I can keep them from being frustrated because they understand the process and what's required of them, then I can help them to stay on the path. Usually people leave the path. Why? Because they're frustrated and then they jump to this conclusion of it doesn't work for me. 
And it, it does work. It does work. But we just have to align your body, your mind, with your goals, and then what's required of you to reach those goals. So let's dive into this 80%. Can I give 80% to my nutrition plan and see results? And there's the leaner that an individual gets, the less likely. But for majority of people who are overweight, trying to get healthy, 80% is going to land them on the path that's going to work for them, okay? Because usually you're working with a population that hasn't spent a lot of time being mindful around nutrition, being mindful about working out or movement or just overall activity. So there's a lot that we can do before we even start tracking calories or macros or protein or whatever. There's a lot that we can do with just, let's get you just establishing healthy lifestyle. Let's just get you moving more. But we have to be careful because as we move more, the body really wants this equilibrium. Like it really wants this balance. So if it starts moving more, it then will probably send more hunger signals to the body of, oh, I'm moving more. We need to balance. So it's going to start sending more. And so it's going to, and as it sends you more, then you're going to eat more and it's going to balance it out. And there's a few things we can do, like having you eat more whole foods having you eat more protein. It's going to keep you a little bit more satiated throughout the day. So there's a few things we can do that will keep you in this more energy out. So you'll be dropping body fat and we're getting you exercising and moving and we're establishing these. And so somebody who's really overweight, they start paying attention and they can start seeing some good progress just with these, just by paying attention and really making these really wise choices. And then we can get them into a healthier body fat percentage. I'm not saying that's 100% of the time, by the way. Sometimes with people, we still need to have them track. It helps really give them a better idea of food. And so sometimes I'll start with this population. I'll start out with making these minimal changes. But if nothing is really happening, then I'm like, okay, let's do a little bit more food education and get you tracking so that you can really start feeling, oh, that's what a cut feels like. That's what a calorie deficit feels like. And we can use that as a tool to drive you into a calorie deficit because the body doesn't want to be in a calorie deficit. It wants to match energy out with energy in. And so it's going to send those hunger uh, cues, like I said. So that's a really good way to drive people into this cut so that we can get them into a healthy body fat um, percentage. But what about people who have already been mindful? They're already mindful. They're already eating well. They're healthy. They work out. They exercise. With them, a little bit more is required. And yes, with them, it's okay. Yeah, let's get a calorie deficit in place. Let's have you track a little bit more. They are trying to lose 5 to 10 pounds. They can still see that with 80%. Now, let's define what 80% is. I think that's really important. Let's define this. Because I don't know about you guys, but I see this all the time on social media. 
a lot of fitness or health influencers will say you only need to be 80%. And I love this message to some degree because I know what they're trying to do. They're really trying to resonate and reach the all or nothing people. Because there are these people who, if they can't be 100% of the time, then it's like they break mentally. They're very fragile. They will break mentally and be like, they're great for a week. And they've been 100% for a week. And then they have a tiny slip up and it's like, oh, I can't do this. So I'm not going to do anything. And it's whoa, like they just really swung the pendulum from one side to another. And so I love this message of, look, guys, 80% and you can still see progress. You don't have to be all or nothing because they're trying to reach this population that really does fixate and hold so tight to that 100% that they just sway. They have such big swings back and forth that they don't see progress. And so if we can get them to step away, to let go a little bit of that 100%, that mindset of the all or nothing mindset, then oftentimes we as coaches see tons of progress and they're at 80% and it's beautiful. But what is 80%? Because there's 80% effort. There's 80% accuracy. And a lot of times people are like, oh, I'm giving 90% effort, but not 90% accuracy. Do you see what I'm saying here? So that can really play a huge role. We can't be talking about effort because at first, these life changes, they do take a ton of effort. You will feel like you're giving 100% all the time. It can be really hard. Mentally, it can be very taxing to change all of these things. But we have to make sure when we're having this discussion, we're not talking about that. We're talking about actual accuracy. For example, this happens quite often in my coaching. My clients, when they check in, they'll rate themselves and they'll say, on a scale of zero to 100, what was your accuracy with your nutrition? And I'll have these girls say, oh, 90%. And they're like, I don't get it. Every week I'm at 90%. Why is nothing changing? And then I'll go into their MyFitnessPal and I'm like, okay, so this week you actually only tracked five days. So if that's true, then five divided by seven, that's 70%. That's not 90. So you're thinking you're a lot more accurate than you actually are. And they're like, oh, oh, but I eat pretty much the same foods. I cannot tell you how many times I've heard this, guys. And this is okay that somebody says this. It's really good that they're saying this so that we can really see what's going on here. And these conversations are good and healthy to have. And they're like, oh, but I pretty much eat the same food, so I just didn't plug them in. Okay, the literature has pretty much spoken on this subject. That when we don't track, that we can be off 20 to 50%. And I'm not talking about one piece of research. I'm talking about eight plus pieces all coming together saying the same thing. We tend to think we eat. 20 to 50% less calories than we do. That is a huge margin of error. 20 to 50%? What if my client's calorie deficit is only 20%? Then at that 70%, 
she could really be just averaging close to maintenance every week. But yet she's feeling that, no, I'm giving 90% effort, right? That effort. We have to be so cautious that when we're having this discussion, we're not talking about effort. We're talking about actual accuracy to the plan. So if you're looking at at the month, then being 80% accurate means that 24 out of those 30 days, you are 100%. So you have six days of you were off a little bit. Maybe you didn't track for a few of those days. But if you have 10 to 15 days of not tracking, plus the other days that you do track, you kind of half track, then that's not 80%. So do you get what I'm saying? Like, we have to be so careful. I really do believe at 80%, somebody can see great results given they want to lose five to 10 pounds to be a little leaner then they can do that at 80%, but just make sure we're actually talking about 80% accuracy and not just effort, okay? So it is super interesting to read that research and see, wow, we really do underestimate how much we eat. And a lot of times that's pretty easy to do with all of our calorie-dense options, even when we think we're turning to quote-unquote healthy food. A lot of women will be like, oh, but I just ate a protein bar. And I'm like, a lot of these protein bars aren't actually protein bars. They're fat bars. So they actually have more calories and fat than they do in protein. But since somebody, I don't know, put a little dash of protein powder in it, then they're like, oh, look, it's a protein bar. And I'm like, not really. So you have to be careful with these options that are being sold to you as quote unquote health foods. Because they may be the very thing that's causing you to feel like you're secure enough to eat them, but they're the very things that are putting you over and actually eating back up to maintenance every single week. So I think that's really important to take into consideration. So now let's talk about another kind of, let's talk about an extreme within this, can I see progress if only being 80%. So this person is, they are healthy, they are lean, but they want to like really dial things in and see their six packs or they know they have muscle in their arms. They really need to dial it in and to see that body fat come off their arms or maybe they're really trying to hit a trouble spot and on their hips. So let's talk about trouble spots here for a minute. There's no such thing as spot reduction. This is a funny thing to me because a lot of women know this, but they don't know this. So they've heard this a lot. Okay, I can't spot reduce. Now, they will literally ask this question. I know I can't spot reduce, but what exercises do you think I can do on my triceps to tighten them up a bit? Okay, so you pretty much just asked me like, okay, what can, I know I can't spot reduce, but can I spot reduce? Oh, if you put it that way, no, the answer is still no. (laughs) That is not how it works. And a lot of times women will really hold body fat on their hips. And that can be frustrating because every single one of us has this genetic map of where the body holds body fat. 
and when it puts it on and when it takes it off. And so a lot of times they're called trouble spots because it's usually the last place that the body fat is taken off. That's why it's so frustrating. And a lot of times with this, we have to get pretty aggressive or we have to be on point for longer periods of time. So if we have somebody who is lower in body fat, but they have this trouble spot they really want to get to, or they really want to see their six pack, we're leaning now into a lower body fat percentage. What if that person is 20% or 19 and they want to keep driving the body fat percentage lower than that? This is really important to understand that as you drive body fat percent down and you want to be more of an athlete body fat percentage, which is usually 15 to 19%, then, and I'm not talking about the scale. A DEXA is like a gold standard when it comes to reading body fat. Now, it's not as accurate with muscle. That's really important to understand. This is coming from somebody who loves things like in bodies and DEXAs and using them to watch trends over time. But DEXAs are very interesting. They're really good about bone density, body fat, But when it comes to measuring muscle, just FYI, they can pick up sarcoplasmic hypertrophy pretty easily. So if the muscle cells increase due to an increase in like water, nutrients, glycogen, if you do a carb load, let's say you do a DEXA and then the next day you do a leg workout and a carb load for two days and then go in and do another DEXA, it can show you up to five to eight pounds of muscle heavier because and in your legs because you just barely pretty much carb loaded your legs. So just be aware of that when it comes to looking at scales and all these measuring tools we're looking not for exact numbers and getting obsessive about numbers. We're looking for trends over time, not trends over 7 days or trends over 14 days. We're literally trends over time. Okay. And then switching from one DEXA machine to another, just so you know, there's going to be a margin of error that that comes up with that. I know women love using these and I think it's fun too. But when we obsess about the number, then we actually lose the wisdom that needs to be there in deciphering these tools. So we don't obsess over numbers. But just so you know, when I'm talking about body fat percentage, I am talking more about DEXAs. A lot of times our scales are very off. So let me just demonstrate with this. I always like talking about this when I bring up body fat because I always have girls very interested in this. My, My scale says I'm this or what does your scale say or whatever. They'll get pretty hung up on these numbers. So I do think it's important that we talk about this. So right now, me and my husband, we have two different scales. And the reason why is because I have one that links to my Fitbit that I've used this account for a really long time. And my husband is all about his Apple watch. And so we have two scales. One of them links up to his Apple account. Mine links up to my Fitbit. So let me just, just for kicks and giggles, because I'm weird and like doing things like this. I have been stepping on his scale and my scale just to see how it reads. And I do think it's really funny because his scale right now, and I have them both on athlete mode, 
The just FYI, the leaner you get, you can go in and switch your scale over to athlete mode and they tend to be more accurate. Okay. So it says that my weight is the same on both of them. But on my husband's, if I really want to feel good about myself, I step on my husband's because (laughs) his tells me that my body fat percentage is 6.5%. Okay, y'all. I would be so deathly scary ill-looking if I was 6.5% body fat. I am not 6.5% body fat. That is, I would be so scary. But do you know what's really funny? Let me switch over. Let me look what my Fitbit says. My Fitbit says 16% body fat. One thing that I thought was really fun is I decided over time to track what my DEXA, I use DEXA body. It's a company here in Utah. And I decided to go to DEXA body and see over time what their DEXA was saying and what my Fitbit scale was saying. And the DEXA was reading about 1% more on average than my Fitbit scale. So it's pretty, it's, once again, we don't obsess about these numbers because these numbers don't mean that much. It just shows trends over time. But but I am right now in that, if you've seen me on Instagram right now, my six pack is showing. I'm in it two months into a cut and it is an aggressive cut because this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to really lean out my arms and my abs. I want to get pregnant at the end of this year. We have two frozen embryos. That's how we get our kids. Our first one came through the gift of adoption and our last two have come through IVF. I There's something genetic weird about my egg and egg quality and anyways so that's how we get them but we have two frozen embryos right now link our last was a frozen and hazel was fresh from that batch so technically just so y'all know link and hazel are what do they call them conceptual twins because they were conceived on the same day but link was frozen i wanted to name him han but Link, we, we, (laughs) my poor husband looked at me. I'm like, Han. And he looks at me like, no, we are not naming our son Han. I'm like, but he was frozen. Get it? Anyways, (laughs) so we named him Link. This is total tangent. Sorry. Okay. We'll get back. We'll get back to this. So I really wanted, though, before I get pregnant again, I'm like, it's been a while since I've seen my six pack. I want to see my six pack before we get pregnant again. So that's what I'm doing. I'm in a cut right now. This is my, This is March 1st, and I'm going to be doing it for one more month, going pretty aggressive, really leaning out, getting that really athletic, shredded look again. And then I'll reverse. I'll soften out a little bit, and then I'll sit there for three months, make sure that my hormones and everything are really balanced and doing really well. It usually takes the endocrine system about three months from a cut to get into a really healthy position again. And that's what I'll do. Because of my Hashimoto's, I do blood work every few months anyways. So I really like that I do that so often and I can make sure that I'm still staying within healthy ranges. And because this is fun for me, I know it's weird to say that, but fitness is fun for me. I don't do it because I'm trying to love myself. I do it because I think it's a fun way of creating and of working hard and of challenging myself. So anyways, but that's the plan. And then at the end of this year, we're going to cross our fingers. We've had a, a lot of failed in vitros. And so this one might not work. It might fail. But we will take out both and we will unfreeze those suckas and see if we can get a live one. We'll see. But I told Alex, if I'm going to blow up like a balloon again, then I want to have 
a six pack before I do it. I just want to do that. (laughs) Get lean again and then I can get pregnant. Women's bodies really are meant to fluctuate. And so it is really important that we learn to embrace that. But anyway, so those are my current goals. And so you will notice that like my body fat percentage, it probably is around 16, 17%. That is probably, it's probably closer to 17. But anyways, my point of bringing all of that up is as I want to drive that body fat percentage even lower, more sacrifices need to be had. Meaning my, I cannot get away with 80% accuracy. I can't get away with just not tracking one time a week or two times or just fudging my numbers every day. I can't. So as the goal gets more aggressive, that 80% doesn't work anymore. If you were to go to somebody prepping for a bikini show and say, oh, but I saw on Instagram, this guy was holding a sign that said, you only need to be 80% accurate, they would laugh because no, the more aggressive the goal That's not necessarily what it is anymore. So that's really important to understand. As we move through and drop body fat, what we have to do to continue pushing things down, you may not, like some people to get a six pack, they will see what it takes and they're like, well, I don't want to do that. I'm like, well, I don't blame you. Like for me, it's fun, but for somebody else, it might be torture. Then another thing that you need to think about is some women can get that six pack but then not be able to let it go. They define their worth by how lean they stay. And that is really scary. So sometimes a six-pack is not healthy mentally and emotionally for women. One, because it might require too much for them to get the six-pack. And this is where it's really important to know thyself. So what it requires of them it might not be healthy for them to go into that level of restriction with food. Two, it might not be healthy for them because when they get it, they're so obsessed and defined by it that they can't let it go. So it is really important. I say this all the time. Health is for everybody. Fitness and and these aesthetic goals are not for everybody. And so you really have to check yourself. So now let's dive in. We've gone through nutrition. 80% can work with lifestyle clients. It can work with overweight clients trying to get healthy, trying to get a little bit leaner. But then as you start getting lean and pushing towards now a really shredded fit look, 80% might not work. In fact, for me, I know from experience, 80% doesn't. I have to make sure So far, I've been 96% accurate the past two months, which is why my six-pack is coming out. Now, if I were to be like, awesome, it's coming out, I can back off now and just eat 80%, then what would happen is I I would plateau a little bit or not get as lean as I wanted to. So for me, I only have one month more to hit this goal, so backing off to 80% isn't going to get me there. So you just have to be careful. As you drive the body fat down, accuracy needs to come up, not down. So now we've covered that. Let's move on to, I only have 30 minutes to exercise. Is that enough? My question for this person would be, enough for what? That's really important. So just like we talked about the accuracy with depending on where you're at as far as like body fat percentage, It actually depends on this same principle applies to exercise. 
if your goal is you just want to lose five to 10 pounds, you a little heavier, wanting to get leaner, then 30 minutes of doing any type of resistance training will be great. Any type, because you'll be able to maintain muscle mass while you cut. And that's the, that's the purpose of exercise, really. A lot of times people think, you know, the purpose of exercise is so that I can lose weight. And although it can assist a bit with that, the literature is pretty clear that we need to depend on the calorie deficit, the energy in part. We need to really depend on that to drive body fat down. The exercise is used best to one, maintain muscle mass so that when we do reverse and get to maintenance, we can eat more because we've maintained muscle. We haven't lost it. So that's really important to keep our maintenance higher, we need to make sure we're maintaining that. Otherwise, you'll reverse up and you won't be able to eat as much. So that's important to understand. But also, a lot of people go to the gym and they will kill themselves for an hour and then they're very frustrated because they're like, I'm not losing weight. I'm not seeing changes. They really want to see the scale go down, but they're not because they're depending every, they're hanging their hearts too much on all the changes need to happen in that one hour. And that's not how it works. The nutrition really is what drives that down. Okay. For those of you who don't know, I'm, I like talking about God. He's a huge part of my overall health. It's the same thing though. You can't just go to church and expect to be a good person. That doesn't work for a lot of people. And it's the same thing. You can't just go to the gym and expect to be changed as well. You've got to go home and live it too. So I love that correlation there. I find there's so many correlations between fitness and spiritual growth. There really are so many. So yeah, we've got to decide, okay, like I said, enough for what? So if the general idea is just muscle maintenance, then 30 minutes a day doing resistance training at home, at the gym, that is enough. But the problem is when a woman has a goal to build muscle. So they want to build their glutes. They want to build their delts. They want to build their back so that it's this femininely fit, gorgeous lined back. They want, they've got to build muscle. This is where it gets really tricky because what happens is women will get on Instagram. They find somebody with the body they want they see them doing these bouncy exercise routines and they're like, oh, well, I need to do what she does to get what she has. Unless you also have her parents <laughs> and those genes, then that's actually not true. Because what if she genetically has more muscle tissue and the bouncy exercise routines worked great because they allowed her to maintain that muscle and then she dropped body fat and now you can really see that muscle. Do you see the problem here? What if you don't have genetically that muscle? Doing her bouncy routines, are it's not going to get you her body or that, that femininely fit look that you're going for. What you actually need to do is step away from that bouncy bounce and you actually need to step into hypertrophy training. Hypertrophy training, 
you're looking at rest periods between sets of a minute and a half to two minutes. If you're doing, let's say you start with squats, you really want to build your glutes. You're starting with squats. You're doing glute dominant squats. You're doing five sets of eight to 10 reps. That's a good tension-based hypertrophy program. That's what it would look like. That was what the breakdown would be. And the rest period is you're looking at a 90-second, 120-second rest in between. You're pushing 15 minutes just with that one exercise. You need more rest when you're pushing heavy weights because your body needs to fully recover before you test the strength again. Now, there are some hypertrophy programs where we do lower the rest period because we want a semi-rest. So that is applicable, but we're just, I'm just using this as an example, that a lot of hypertrophy happens in these tension-based programs that I just outlined for you, this five sets of eight to 10 reps with 90 second break to 120. So you're, you've only gotten one exercise done and 15, 18 minutes are up. And now you only have 12, 15 minutes to do a few more. And so that for that person, 30 minutes a day may not work. For that person who really wants to build muscle, they are actually going to find that lifting four times a week for 60 minutes is going to be what builds the muscle that they need to get the look that they want. So now do you understand why I said, when she said, I only have 30 minutes to exercise, is that enough for what? To do some minimal muscle retention metabolic work? Yeah, that's enough. But if somebody's coming to me saying, I really want body recomp, I really want to build muscle, then I'm going to say, we need to restructure this a little differently. And it's going to be four times a week, 60 minutes. That's what you're going to want. Now, a newbie lifter could get away with doing five to six days. But as you get to be intermediate and advanced, you actually need to prioritize rest. So this is something that's often misunderstood. People think we build muscle in the gym. We don't. We stimulate in the gym. We go home and when we rest and recover, that's actually where muscle is built. If you never allow yourself to rest and recover, then muscle doesn't get built and we hit plateaus. So newbie lifters can recover a little bit better because actually very little stimulus is required to get them to build. But the more advanced you become an intermediate to advanced lifter, especially if you're not on gear, if you're not taking something to enhance, which with bikini competitions becoming so prevalent these days, it's actually becoming very common for just people all over Instagram to be on stuff. And, that, and what it does is it actually helps them recover faster. So they can get away with lifting six times a week, five times a week. But for those of us who are natural, who are intermediate advanced, four times a week really is perfect. So maybe if, if they structure it just right five times, but that's why with my training programs that I do, I just do four times a week because that's a perfect amount of stimulation and then recovery time to be able to build muscle. 
we just need to be very careful as we we see these blanket statement answers with questions like this. You only have to be 80% yes, but it depends. Some people, 80% is not going to get them to their goal. You only have to lift one time a week or 30 minutes every day. Yes, but it just depends what's your goal and what's a more optimal approach for your goal. Because remember that frustration comes about by unmet expectations. So if you have this expectation of doing bouncy bounce 30 minutes a day, but yet you're not looking like that girl who's doing that bouncy bounce, preaching that this is what you need to do because she genetically has more muscle tissue than you, you are going to get a lot of built-up frustration. You're going to assume, oh, this doesn't work for me. But it does work. You just have to make sure that your body and your goals are matched to the right training program and the right nutrition and that you're being accurate with it. A little bit more accuracy will go a long way. Okay, so I really hope that this helps you guys rethink what are your goals and are you not seeing results because maybe your training isn't paired really well with your goal or are you not seeing results because you have been guessing far more and maybe you're giving like 80% effort or 90% effort but maybe the accuracy is far lower than what you've thought. So I really want you to rethink your approach. And I just want to make sure that you're not coming into it with these crazy expectations that we line up your expectations just a little bit better with what you're willing to give, what you can give, and uh, your body and your goals right now.